0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Well, how about that? That was a good game. You know, you wonder, where are they going to come up with the energy with no crowd there? Well, they came up with it. The Jazz and the Nuggets put on a show. Great game. I think that everything Steve Cleveland told us about the Jazz came true. Uh, He's, you know, pumped up. Donovan Mitchell's star ability, the 57 points. And I know it was OT, but he had 51 in regulation. Franchise record for a playoff game was Carl with 50. And Mitchell was just just unbelievable. 16 points in the last six minutes of regulation. He only had two points in the first quarter, and he had 49 in the next three. It it was a phenomenal performance. But he had the big turnover with the backcourt violation, and this goes back to what Steve Cleveland said. Their margin for error is so small. You know, Tony Bradley comes off the bench, role player, but can you make a play or two? He had nine rebounds in 11 minutes. A good NBA rebounder uh, gets a rebound every three minutes. Uh, you get a rebound every two and a half. You get nine rebounds in 11 minutes, you're out of your mind. And four of them were offensive. These aren't defensive rebounds where, you know, four of the five guys on the, on the Nuggets are getting back on defense. And there's only one guy to keep away from the ball. No, he went and got four offensive rebounds, plus five defensive. But he was over 3 shooting. I mean, you got to put something back up and in. Uh, Rudy Gobert can't be uh, one for six or whatever it was at the free throw line. You know, Now, he did a lot of great things. He had those two blocks consecutively early in the third quarter. And then at the end of regulation, tie game, Jokic driving to the hoop for the game winner at the buzzer. And Rudy's up there challenging the shot. He didn't block it, but he absolutely changed that shot. Great defense. And he was beaten for a half a second, too. But he recovered, challenged the shot, and Jokic missed this so went to overtime. And then just too many over, turnovers in overtime for the Jazz. They just, they just don't have much margin for error. But it was wildly entertaining. It was very good basketball, and I think it just shows that even without Conley and Bogdanovich, you know, these teams have played four times now, and Bogey's missed the two in the bubble, and Conley missed the one playoff game, and all four games have been close. The Jazz have had four chances, Donovan Mitchell, and you'll hear him come up with the postgame show here later in the hour. You know, he said, I asked him, uh, what, is the, uh, what is the difference at the end of these games? He just said, execution. And choices he made, he, you know, tried to, had a double team there and then dribbled off a guy's foot, and it was a turnover. Uh, Jokic was there to scoop it up before it went out of bounds. You know, little things matter, and the Jazz just don't have much margin for error. Wildly entertaining game. Now, you know, Locke's got his theory that uh, if teams get down big, they're just going to fold in these series. Uh, You know, it's not going to be, let's go home and fight back. And, you know, you've been in the bubble for a couple months, and you want to go home and, you know. See your kids, see your wife, see your girlfriend, hang out with your friends. You just, you know, you're just tired of being in the same hotel for two months. So we'll see. If the Jazz get game two, then it's 1 1. And, you know, when it's even like that, I think you have a long series. But the thought that someone's going to get down 2 0 and come back and tie it up or be down 3 1 and fight back, that, that might be a bit of a reach. Maybe it locks up in the night. We'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, Jazz has got to get one of these. And, you know, game two would be a good time. Will Mitchell score 57 again? Probably not. But something else can go right, right? They played four close games, he's only scored 57 in one of them. So, all right, got to take a break. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take you to BYU Fall Camp, uh, now less than three months away, 20 days from today to the opener at Navy, assuming it doesn't get canceled. I know you, well, I don't know about you. I wake up every day and look at Twitter and think, all right, well, anything change? Any big changes overnight? Everything holding? Um, so, we'll hear from some BYU players and uh, get their perspective on this. And we got the Best of the Jazz postgame show later in the hour. Stay with us.
1: From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, time to take you down to BYU camp. One of the big questions, what are the Cougars going to do at running back? Uh... You know, obviously, you know, a grad transfer can fix everything. It looked like it did a year ago, right? And Tyson had it going, and then he got hurt, and then it was a scramble, and they went through multiple backs. So they've got, like, uh, any time you ask about the running backs now, um, Kalani Sataki will just list off all seven guys who are doing great. Well, if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. If you have seven running backs, do you have one? Somebody needs to emerge. Uh, here's Tyler Algier, one of the running backs meeting with the media.
2: Tyler, what's the player's confidence level that you'll get more games added to the schedule and that there'll be a season? What are you hearing from administration and coaches in that regard?
3: Honestly, we're just uh, we're just getting our minds right to see whoever we get really is who we get, and we'll get our mind right for whoever our uh, athletic director or whoever is in charge of that. Whoever they get, we'll get. So, whoever we'll minds right, and we'll ready be ready to play whoever that shows up.
2: And give us a scouting report on the junior college transfer uh, Hinkley. What, what does he bring? What does he show?
3: No, he's doing really good. He's staying after with all the coaches and uh, getting all the plays down. So he's looking, he has a really good potential to get some playing time this year, and that's with all, all our backs all around. Go
4: ahead, Jake. Hey Tyler, um, we were just talking to Coach Mateos about you know,
3: the experience of the offense. Kind of cut out. Hey Jake, we can't hear you. Oh, yeah,
5: there
2: it is. <laughs> we can't hear
3: you, Jake.
4: Hey, Gasket again. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> um, just, we were talking to Coach Mateos about the uh, the cohesion and the experience of the offensive line and you know, how that impacts your guys' preparation. Do you, mm. do you notice that when you're running behind them? Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah, because they're the ones that start everything. So, like, if they bring the juice, you know, they're we're going to bring the juice right behind them, especially when we're running the ball. So if you see them moving down the field, we're for sure going to give us all 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 we have. But either way, if they don't, then, you know, we'll still give all we have on to the next play. But they we for sure have a lot of leaders on the O-line. We're very grateful for them.
6: Let's go Garnell, then Mitch.
2: Hey, Tyler, tell us about... The scrimmages that you guys have had—that what were reports we're getting—is the offense has been moving the ball really well. <clears throat> Break it down a little bit about uh, maybe how well the running game has worked in conjunction with the passing game, and kind of how you guys have been working on uh, the offense during those scrimmages.
3: You know, we've been uh, we've been really focusing on our craft and really on really moving the ball and being more powerful throughout the line, and that's the O line to the quarterback to end to us the running back. So, and we actually had some really good success with the uh, scrimmages, scrimmages. So, so it was it was good, good having all that happen.
7: Tyler, what was the um, the the path to getting you back from defense to offense? Were you the one that that initiated that with the coaches?
3: Oh no! It was uh once uh the numbers started going down, once the numbers started going down, and they switching back to running back, and uh, I already knew because from being in the running back room from the first year to half of the half of last year, I already knew most of the plays, and I just needed to change up the little wrinkles. So just talking to the coaches, saying like, "Hey, you know this? Yeah, I know it." And then just uh, fixing that up, and then just learning this new stuff that's happening right now. So it's good. It's going good though.
2: I think I, one of your fellow running backs said that after DHC came and and uh, kind of, you guys might have had a little tip on your shoulder to kind of show that you were would be all right without him. I guess with Pete thinking. Mm-hmm. Would you sum up that attitude in the same way?
3: Um, I would say yeah. It's just like. Just like people come and go. If you want to be here, if you want to be here, be here. Put in all the effort. But if you don't, then, I mean, he, he went to Utah State. He did what's best for him. But we all had our, we all all had an attitude, either like with newcomers or with people here. Like we're trying to get that starting job, and like it's all fun and games. But you know, we're all gonna work. We're all gonna work together. But we're all gonna do our best. Really.
6: Let's go, Greg. Then Mitch.
2: Tyler, do you watch NFL when it's on, and do you have any favorite running backs or anybody that you would like
7: to run like? Mm.
3: I really like Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, and Adrian Peterson. I really watch watch their film and and their finesse and all that. But it's good watching them, seeing them run and all that.
7: Tyler, I'm curious. You know, are you? Do you feel like you're at your best more as an inside runner or maybe a guy that can? Turn on the speed and, and hit the outside. Where, where do you feel like your your game kind of fits in that regard? I've
3: been working on my speed a lot during the off season, so I'll, for, I'll say I'm for sure an inside runner. But I've been working on my speed to be both, be both. So we'll see. We'll see once the first game starts that uh, hopefully all the hard work and all the hard work and their determination and all that just puts it all in one. Okay, go ahead, Darnell.
2: One of the things that I know you guys have been working on, Tyler, is red zone. How do you feel like this offense might be better prepared to stick the ball in the end zone
1: than last year?
3: You know we've been really working on that. We were really emphasizing it, Coach Grimes, and all the coaches were really emphasizing that in our meetings and all that. How we want to be the best red zone team, way better than last year, and uh, we really proved that on the scrimmage. And just, just day by day, we just need to keep improving on that so we can be the best in the nation.
0: All right, there's running back Tyler Algier now to the uh, passing game, which should be a strength, man. You got three quarterbacks coming back who've started and won games, and you got a tight end in Matt Bushman who looks like a mismatch. Every single snap he's on the field, which means the other wide receivers, you just got to beat the one-on-one coverage because they're not going one-on-one. They are not going one-on-one with Bushman. Gunnar Romney, set to have a big – can he make big plays? Can he just make huge plays for him? You don't have to be the primary target. When the ball comes to you, make a big play. Here's Gunnar Romney. I think
2: uh, the other day Fessy said that you were a little slowed, kind of in camp by maybe a soft tissue injury or something. Just – Give us an update on how you're doing and
0: if you're back at
8: full strength. Uh, Yeah, you know, in the first couple days, uh, I didn't really pull it, but my hamstring just kind of tightened up on me a little bit. And I've had a couple soft tissue injuries in the past, so we're just taking a lot of precaution on it, just kind of taking it easy, doing some rehab on it. But I'm back full go, 100%. I started it out, you know, towards the end of last week, getting a couple reps. And this week, I'm full go, 100% in practice. So it's feeling really good. Now,
2: what's your confidence level? just uh, as as far as passed down from the administration and coaches that that you guys will get a, a full schedule and uh, you'll play it for college football
8: yeah you know i, I have a lot of trust in our administration and our and tom homo the athletic director here you know he's been working day in and day out to get us a full schedule and so we're we're, we're pretty optimistic about where we're at during this, uh in in regards to the season we're we're really hoping for a full season i think we'll get it
6: a question.
2: Go ahead, Darnell. Tell us how you feel like the wide receiver group has grown from last year. Because you obviously had some guys that graduated. You have some new guys coming in, people
1: stepping into new roles. How do you think it's grown?
8: Yeah, you know, I think we we did lose a lot of experience last year, but I think we sort of filled that in with a lot of new talent. We have a bunch of guys that fill a lot of different roles. One thing I would say about this receiving group is we're super diverse. We have a lot of guys that can, you know, make plays down the field. We have a lot of big bodies that can make those those tough catches that can sort of bully DBs. You know, we have a lot of bodies that are really quick, that are in and out of breaks, you know, for the short routes and, and possession guys. So I think we're, we're a really diverse group all around and we have a lot of people that can fit into a lot of different places. So I think that makes us really dangerous and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to game plan against a lot of different things like that because you have to, you have to know your matchups and you have to know um, you know where where the open spot's going to be and, and you have to cover all the dudes and so it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to, to the season with, with these with these wideouts. Let's go Mitch and Jay.
7: Yeah, Gunnar, what has it uh, done for the the offense to have all this experience returning back? I mean, just maybe speak to the, the confidence that the offense currently has because of the experience.
8: Yeah. So we do have a lot of experience returning, and I think it just gives the coaches a lot more confidence in us. You know, because we, we already have the confidence. We've already been on the field. We've already done done our thing, So we know that we can do things. But it really gives the coaches confidence in us, so we can start expanding the playbook. We can start, you know, throwing in little tweaks to our offenses that you know we couldn't do in the past if we were trying to figure out um, just our playbook or if we're trying to figure out defenses. I think now that everybody has a lot of game experience and everybody is kind of, you know has been there before it really helps on the field you know with game speed and just being able to know the ins and out of defenses so it's it's going to be fun this year we have a lot of dudes that that are, have shown that they can do a lot of big things at this level and so it's it's just a, we're taking another step this year and so i'm really excited for it
7: where have you seen a majority of your reps and receiver are you more an outside guy or mm. uh, seen, kind of slot? Where, where have you kind of fit, fit in as far as that receiver room
8: yeah you know this offense is really fun we move we move around guys a lot and so really i'm playing all around the field right now i see most of the time an outside receiver you know sort of that x receiver that with the one-on-one matchups that's where i feel the most comfortable but you know with this offense i could be playing you know the number three receiver at times i could be playing the number two receiver you know i'm just bumping around a lot but i i am mostly on the outside
2: Gunnar, just from a personal level, what's at stake for you this season and how are you approaching it and can you be that go-to receiver? The Cougars
8: seemingly need this year. Mm. Yeah, you know, just uh, we had that trio of receivers last year, all the senior receivers that, that really dominated last year, and they all left. So it left a huge opening for me to step up. You know, I've been here for a couple years, and, you know, I've, I've made contributions to the offense, but this year, you know, it's it's my opportunity to be that guy, to, to really be the number one dude and the number one playmaker on the outside. And so for me personally, it's 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 a big opportunity, but it's exciting to be able to go in and just, you know, I already have that confidence, that experience, from the last couple of years, and so um, it's 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 fun. I'm really looking forward to it, and so it's it's helping me with you know motivation to go out there and and work harder and and you know just be prepared because I know my number is going to be called a lot this year.
6: Go ahead, Sean.
2: Conflict of interest on the quarterback derby. <laughs> uh, mm. So maybe this isn't a fair question. That <laughs> how do you how do you handicap the quarterback derby?
8: You know, uh, it's. It's fun, I think, because, you know, Baylor's my brother. But when you get on the field, you don't really have any relationship. I, I just want the quarterback who's going to be the best out there, no matter who it is, whoever's going to get the ball to the receivers the best. You know, they're all, they're all doing an amazing job right now. They're all splitting reps pretty much equally. And so as we get closer to fall camp, we'll see who really stands out. But as of right now, I think all the quarterbacks are sort of even right now with reps, and all of them are, are tearing it up.
6: Great, right, Sean.
2: Yeah, Gunnar, speaking of unfair questions, is it still a little bit weird to kind of look over in the wider receiver huddle? Um, and seeing number zero there
4: because I know it is kind of mm-hmm. weird for me seeing that number zero and then maybe more important follow-up question to that. Can you describe that number zero Cody Epps game for us as somebody who's actually seen him because most of us haven't?
8: Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird seeing the number zero out there. It's kind of awkward, but I think it's really cool and I think it's a really cool thing for Cody to be able to be the first dude that has that and he'll probably keep that for most of his career because he's, you know, he's only going to be a freshman this year, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about him for his career here. He came on campus and, you know, normally when freshmen get here you know they're a little timid sometimes they they sort of back down a little bit but he he stepped up on on the field immediately and he really showed what he can do you know he he has some things he can work on for sure and and you know there's going to be some some uh, some building blocks that he's going to have to overcome but I think I'm really excited for him he's a great route runner he, he he's a super savvy route runner you know he's, he's able to feel DBs out really well and he's able to just create space that way and so with with experience and time I think he's gonna be he's gonna be really good here. Go ahead, Mitch. Yeah Gunner, you mentioned
7: how some of these freshmen can be a little bit timid. Uh sounds like Cody's been doing a good job. I mean what about some other guys like Terrence Fall, Miles Davis, how have they come in? If have, have they what have they done thus far as far as how they've looked through
8: camp yeah you know this this freshman group so far has been i i think really really good they've all been super one thing that really stands out to me is their aggressiveness and their blocking you know they come out and every single day you know they're pancaking dbs and you know they're they're taking it to them and creating holes for the running game and you know i think as a receiver that's a, that's the part of the game that people sort of overlook sometimes but if you're aggressive with the dbs and you're not you're not backing down it helps open up space and so they've been Doing that for themselves, because DBs are, they're 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 telling the DVs, you know, I'm I'm here and I'm here to play, and so I'm really excited for all the freshman receivers and just all the freshmen in general. They've really they've they've come on the scene strong, and so I'm I'm excited, looking forward to what they can do in the couple, next couple of years.
6: Yeah, anything else for Gunner?
2: I've got one last question, okay. Gunner. If push came to shove and you had to play the majority of your games on the road. Uh, because of the unusual circumstances. Could could you do that? Would you, as players, be willing to do that? Say you had to play seven away, three at home, Mm -hmm. something like that.
8: Man, I mean, you know, everybody loves the home games. Everybody loves the home fans, and I would love to play in front of that. But when it comes down to it, I just want to play football, and I know a bunch of the people here want to play football. You know, we could go line it up at a at a park with no fans, just in the middle of nowhere, as long as we're playing something, and I'd be happy with it. So if, if we have to travel to you know fill our schedule, then I'm I'm all in as long as as long as we're we're playing. Here's BYU wide
0: receiver Gunner Romney. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post game show. Quinn Snyder, Donovan. Mitchell they'll explain what happened stay with us
1: take the zone with you wherever you go let's go download the all new zone sports network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. Game one is in the books. A thriller in overtime. The Nuggets get the win. But Donovan Mitchell, a club playoff record, 57 points. Outstanding. Uh, And yet, there were key mistakes down the stretch. One of them by... Donovan Mitchell, you know, with a with a minute fifty to go, the Jazz had the ball and a four point lead. The chance to go up six or maybe seven, and it really felt like they were going to win the game. But they turned it over, and the Nuggets hit a three, and the Nuggets got to overtime and eventually won it. All right, let's get to the best of the post game show.
9: True Jazz recap here on DJ and PK ninety and twelve eighty the zone. The Denver Nuggets take a one game to none lead in the best of seven series, one thirty five to one twenty five. Jake Scott with you. We'll take you through some of the post game sound here in the six. O'Clock Hour on DJ and PK. Uh, Donovan Mitchell with a historic performance, 57 points on 19 of 33 shooting in the uh, loss for the Jazz. It's the third highest uh, scoring performance in the NBA playoff in history, that is. Michael Jordan had 63 against the Celtics in 86. Uh, Elgin Baylor for the Lakers had 61 against the Celtics in 1962. And now Donovan Mitchell with 57 points against the Denver, Denver Nuggets, albeit in the losing effort. Jamal Murray was special for the Nuggets. 36 points, 9 assists, absolutely electric down the stretch. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder.
10: Coach, another incredible fight versus the Nuggets for you guys tonight. I want to start with Donovan because he said he wanted to come into this series and be a playmaker. We saw that. 57 points and perfect from the line, 13 of 13. How would you describe what he did today? Well, I mean, in some respects, his line speaks for itself. The, the seven assists, I think, as well. So, um, you know, he was terrific. Yeah, I thought he competed on the defensive end as well. Um, you know, coming up with big shots time and time again when he needed it and then you know, really making the right play as well. Um, he hit Royce O'Neill a couple times. He found Rudy. Um, so it was it was a heck of a night for Donovan. Kind of an elite an elite performance um, on his part. And obviously, we would have liked to win the game. Um, but they did some really good things, and uh, particularly Jamal Murray down the stretch. You know, he made big shots as well. You had two guys that were playing on a really high level at that point in the game.
4: Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
10: I, uh,
11: you guys really kind of started to take control as the second half went along. It seemed like all the, all the Denver's hanging in there and then once you got to overtime, it seemed like maybe uh, the precision kind of fell apart. Uh, to what do you attribute that?
10: Well, you know, I think not that fatigue can be an excuse, but I think as the game progresses like that, it, it's, you have to maintain, you know, the level. And I thought we did, you know, on the glass for us to out-rebound tonight. Um, you know, that gives you a chance to, to be in the game against They're the best fourth quarter rebounding team in the league and you know at a historic level so you know offensively we were executing really well and got in a couple of situations where we um, got a little loose with the ball and you know we've got to see the ball go in too
4: next question will be from uh, ryan miller ksl hey coach uh could you just explain your reasoning to start juan morgan and how did you think he did tonight
10: well, you know, Denver's a big team. Um, Juwan's played for us um, you know, this year at, at various times. You know, we really feel like Jordan's at his best when he's coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, we have to have a, a rotation and you know, trying to have Juwan fill in and, and give us some good minutes early in the, in the first and third quarter. And then, frankly, he, he did an excellent job. And, uh, you know, he, I wanted to take the, his three from the corner. He made one of them. Um, I thought he was, you know, very active and aggressive, um, committed to the defensive glass. So a lot of good things from Juwan tonight. And, um, you know, look for more of that.
4: All right, next question will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News.
5: Quinn, you had, like, as you said, you know, fatigue can come into play. You had three pretty good. Costly turnovers there late in the overtime period. Um, Mike Malone was saying, you know, I expect every game to come down to the wire like this against you guys. How can you get your guys to m- maybe keep the composure if they're going to be playing like this every night?
10: Well, I, I think, you know, we just have to continue to, to be precise. And as I said, particularly at that point in the game, you know, they're, they're, Grant and Craig uh, those guys are big long athletic and they make it hard on you I mean that's why you know what Donovan did tonight what was you know that's not easy on any level and particularly against against these guys so um, you know we just have to have to be better it's 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 not like we can go do a bunch of drills and and uh, but our kid you know our guys will see it Um, they know our team is really competitive and, uh, you know, they want to win. And you, you obviously saw that manifest itself in a lot of ways. And it didn't with our ball security late. Um, but we were in a position to win the game, um, particularly at the end of the fourth quarter and um, made a few plays that, that cost us.
4: All right, next question will be from Tony Jones, The Athletic.
0: Uh, Coach, the the common thread uh, with you and Denver this year in four games is uh, that they've made the plays down the stretch uh, and even in otherwise even games. Um, Is there – what can you guys do to kind of adjust it going forward uh, as the series goes on? And and what are you seeing uh, from, from you guys down the stretches as opposed to Denver in the last possessions?
10: Well, you know the the games were were different you know tonight we we did an excellent job on the defensive boards um you know Jokic has been the guy that's that's made plays against this I mean both of them but it's hard to um you're not going to stop Jamal Murray you're not going to stop Jokic you just have to do as good a job as you can and you know there'll be some adjustments if they're appropriate but um as I said it's it's guys are making step back threes with a hand in their face that's tough and you tip your hat and um, and we hit some of those too and um, you want to be on the other end of it but frankly it's it's no one play and you know I think we were we were terrific at the end of the game last last time we played them. we executed great to to get back in the game and you know tonight we had the lead in that situation so the games were flipped a little bit and the only consistent one thing was you know that that we didn't win it but we're a different team You know, the regular season games I don't Hard to look to um, as comps, but certainly you know these two games. These two games were incredibly different. You know, they—they they, I don't know if it was a franchise record. Someone said that to me. I mean, they made shots, put it that way. They made a lot of threes, and we actually did a good job on the defensive boards. The last time. You know, just the other night or the other day when we played them, they murdered us on the defensive glass. So, you know, hopefully we can do both and, uh, and and do a little better on where we need to and, and come out on top because you know, that's why it's a series.
4: Okay, last question will be from Tim Vaughn, ESPN, and then we're done. And uh, how much did you feel the momentum shifted there late in the fourth after that eight second
0: violation?
10: Well, you know, we, as I said, we we had the lead at that point. Um, But, you know, we've got to be able to respond. There's, you know, whether it's a missed shot or, you know, a a violation, whatever the case is, you know, that's when we need to to focus even more. They hit that three, and, you know, that that gave them some, you know, know, not that they didn't have life. It's a five point game late, but it certainly gave them them a big lift.
9: There's Quinn Snyder as his team fell yesterday in the bubble, 135 to 125 uh, to the Denver Nuggets. Let's now get some player sound. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell.
10: You're coming into this series saying you wanted to be a playmaker. We saw all of that tonight and more in 13-13 at the line. What was the difference in the way you attacked the Nuggets? And then in particular, what did you find versus tory craig
6: it was very impressive you know for a rookie to come and start his first playoff game and do what he did and contribute the way he did he did a hell of a job on Step and whoever was guarding extra possessions um so huge credit to him i know a lot of people were kind of probably confused and, and figuring out but he we trust him and shout out to him for stepping up and as far as i go um the biggest thing was just trying to make make the right plays you know i think a lot of times tory craig's a hell of a defender so for me just trying to find ways to just get into the paint and make the right read, whether it's finishing, whether it's drawing a foul, um, whatever it is. And for me, just trying to find ways to make it easier myself. Uh, I've watched, you know, countless guys. He's 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 one of the best defenders, uh, guard defenders in the league. Um, and I think I've watched other guys in the league how they how they attack him, and he's giving a lot of people fit. So for me, just trying to find ways to make it easy. Um, obviously, not having Mike. Obviously, being on the ball a little bit more. Uh, I knew I was going to take my time and kind of approach it in a different way, and I was able to do that.
4: Okay. Next question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports.
7: Donovan, do you feel like you're getting momentum out of this game, or is it hard to score fifty-seven and then and then drop a game like this?
4: Um,
6: at the end of the day, I know there's no home court, but they they did their job, you know. And I told the guys on the room, look, we could lose by sixty, we could lose by one, we lost by ten tonight. Um, What's game one? You know, one loss. You know, it counts the same. It's not. It's not no different, and I think, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's tough to lose the first game, but now we kind of see how, what their approach is, and obviously they see ours, but there are a lot of things that we can control. You know, I'm, I, I kind of put a little bit on myself for that eight-second violation, and then they come down and hit a three, and that really changed the entire, the entire game, that sequence right there. So it's little things that we can control and fix, but at the end of the day, we're not overreacting. Uh, it's one game. Um, we got to go back out and get ready for game two.
4: Hey, we have Sarah Todd, Deseret News.
5: Don it's very likely that a lot of these games against Denver are really going to come down to the wire and be really close. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you do to not get fatigued you know you're going to be playing a lot of minutes more of these could go into overtime so what do you have to do to stay ready. Um,
6: honestly, you know, take care of your body now, but this, this all all this comes from the summer and or whatever you want to call it, break that we had. Uh, it's really where a lot of this comes in. You know, you can do a, a little body work here and there now and take care of you and eat right and, and, and drink fluids, but you know, for us to be able to and that's not just for myself, but for as a whole this all was all over quarantine. This this just continue to work out and get your body right you know i think guys we've all done a great job of that um obviously it's a tough one to lose like this in overtime but there's gonna be a bunch more and I think guys, including myself, are ready. Um, but it's, it's 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 not much you can do now. You know, it's either you're ready or you're not. And I think the rest of I think we're all ready. You know, we see a guys, we're ready, locked in. You know, Jamal made some tough shots. You know, Joe did a hell of a job with him late. He just hit some tough shots. Uh, Jokic hit one, a few. Uh, but we executed a lot of things, right? Uh, we just got to go back to the drawing board and just be ready. But a lot of it is really what you did before you got here. And I think the, our effort today as a, as a unit, I think, showed the work that we put in over the break coming into here
4: okay next question will be from malika Anders there with you at espn i'm mean, going to mention that eight second violation i believe there was 22 seconds left on the clock which but because rudigo they really only had six seconds Were you
6: aware that you really no, only had six seconds that's that's my fault as as a leader and as, as a point guard at that time. Like that's, that's, that's terrible on my part. You know, I, I kind of put that on really, I really don't well, really know what else to put it on. I was really just taking my time, walking it up. And I got to be more aware, um, you know, I think that was a crucial part of the game, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to put it all on that one play, but that was a crucial part. And I got to know that.
4: All right. The next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune.
2: Hey Don, uh, you guys really
11: seemed to kind of gain steam as the second half went along. The execution improved, and then it seemed like by the time you got to overtime, the execution, the precision, kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, to what do you attribute that?
6: Uh, I think them hitting tough shots. You know, a lot of a lot of the shots Jamal hit and Jokic hit. You know, it's kind of it's draining after you, you hit a few, and then we kind of. I think we had one ball fall out of bounds. You missed a certain shot. Um, But we got to do a better job in the overtime, at least, uh, when they hit a shot coming right back with the same voice. I think we kind of let that um, affect us a little bit. But, like I said, it's one game. You know, we we'll look at the film, learn from it. Um, but I'm proud of it as a whole, as 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 a whole group. You know, I think we've done it. We did a great job. You know, obviously, it's it's tough when you lose when you don't have Mike in and you lose on, But at the end of the day, you know, we got guys who are ready, and I think we did a, a phenomenal job of that. And there's stuff we can continue to work on. But when you when you hit shots like that, it's deflating after over and over and over again. We just got to find a way to continue to stay locked in and respond.
4: Okay, last question will be from David James KUTB.
0: Donovan, this is the uh, fourth time you played the Nuggets. They've all been really close, and they found a way to win each one of them. When you just look at the end of the games, can you see a common thread in there, something they're doing or something you're not doing as a group? Um, Execution, that's that's, that's really it. You know, like I said,
6: Joe and Rudy did a great job in the two-man game up top hitting tough shots. Um, It's just execution, you know. I. I think for myself getting into a uh, when they're hedging trying to split it instead of just attacking you know little things that we can control and that's why I think you know we're in a good place because a lot of the mistakes a lot of the stuff that happened late game we can, we can fix you know at the end of the day like I said they hit some shots and we just got to be ready to execute and I think that's really all it is
9: That's Donovan Mitchell talking about his historic performance 57 points 9 rebounds 7 assists and on 19 of 33 shooting absolutely remarkable taken over in the fourth quarter and boy if you heard him talk about it if it weren't for that eight second call with a minute 43 to go certainly could have been a different outcome Uh, but regardless of that uh, absolutely special with his 57 point performance let's now let you hear from Rudy Gobert
5: hey Rudy um you know those were some costly turnovers near the end of the overtime period and you guys have been really close with Denver in the games that you played what do you need to do to kind of have better composure and be able to execute in those final minutes when it matters
12: it's, uh, it's about being a little tougher mentally. You know, we know that uh, all those little details, uh, those little turnovers, those little, uh, you know, fouls, uh, all that kind of stuff is really going to matter, especially at the end of those games. So we're going to watch film and, uh, and, you know, see what we can do better from this game. We'll go uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
10: Oh, sure.
4: Rudy, what's kind of your overall takeaway from this game as as close as it was with you guys playing without Mike and and obviously Bogey and then, you know, Donovan goes off too. So, like, you know, how do you kind of weigh the pros and the cons of how tonight played out? Uh,
12: I think we did a good job defensively protecting the basket. I mean, they hit a lot of tough shots, uh, especially very late in the fourth and the overtime. Uh, You know, we're going to, once again, we're going to watch film and see what we can do better to try to. You know, make it a little tougher on them. But uh, I really like the way we we came out, and you know, we 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 make them work for everything they got, You know, and uh, we're gonna watch film and see uh, maybe the little turnovers that we got, or the little you know, the little things that we can do to that affect our defense, and, and we can uh, adjust on that on that
10: end.
12: Anyone else?
11: If not, oh, one more from Andy here, Rudy.
4: Sorry, just Jawan Morgan got his first start as well. Just um, wondered what you thought of his play and kind of what you were telling him as he started the game.
12: Amazing. You know, guy hasn't played a a regular season game all year and first playoff starts, and, you know, he looked like a, a good NBA player. You know, he came out and, uh, you know, he made some big plays both defensively and offensively and uh I told totally him after the game that's great, but now again and probably again you know so uh, great you know big minutes from him and uh, uh, would have be a close game without it.
9: there's Rudy Gobert 17.7 rebounds he had four block shots one thing to keep an eye on though Rudy did struggle from the line only one of six uh, from uh, from the free throw line but I would expect Rudy probably to tighten that up all right let's now let's hear from Juwan Morgan Juwan obviously the situation was what it was
13: today um, oh, let's see is it there Okay, there we go. Obviously, the situation was what it was today with, with you coming in there. What What was that whole experience like finding out you were going to start and, and then actually playing on this stage?
11: Um, I mean, it was crazy. Just everything that led up to it, you know, just coach telling everybody at practice and then, you know, just the the, the things leading up to it. I think everybody reached out just saying like, you know, it's just basketball. We do this every day. It's nothing, you know, different. Uh, Just go out there, know the plays and uh, give your all. And that's what I did. Next, we'll have uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Juwan, what was it that you were trying to do when you were out there on the floor? You know, what was your main focus?
11: Um, My main focus is the same thing Anytime I step on the floor. Uh, hustle hard, play defense, uh, get offensive boards, block out all the little things, um, and then make life easier for all the, you know, the guys they have here to score. We'll have another from uh, Ryan McDonald, Desert News.
13: Was there any sense of... of... Nervousness or or anything for you coming in, or or were you feeling good?
11: Uh, I was feeling good, Uh, especially Mike and Royce. They were the main ones that talked to me, uh, including with the other rookies. They were just telling me, you know, again, it's just basketball. You know, we do this every day, uh, not to be nervous, because when you go out there nervous, uh, sometimes you make mistakes. And, you know, if you just go out there and just give it all, you know, you'll be in the right places at the right time. And we have another from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune.
4: Paul Millsap's obviously a tough matchup. Um, what are you trying to do when you're defending him in particular?
11: Um, just trying to take away tendencies like I do with anybody I'm guarding, you know, and then we know they're a great offensive rebound team. So just trying to stay between him and all those boards. And I think, you know, we just we did a pretty good job at that. And then we just, you know, have to key in on other
9: things. There's Juwan Morgan, three points, seven rebounds, an assist, and a steal in his first NBA start in the playoffs in the bubble. Pretty remarkable. Uh, Quinn electing to uh, put him in the starting lineup and leave uh, Tony Bradley, or excuse me, leave George Niang and Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench to sure up those bench uh, rotations. All right, let's now let you hear from a couple of Denver Nuggets. Uh, let's start off with Michael Porter Jr. Michael, just your impressions from your first playoff game. How was it different? How, what did it feel? Like, and what was the intensity level like for you in your first playoff game?
13: The intensity was definitely a a few notches up. Um, It was a very competitive game. Um, A lot of those, those, um, you know, offensive rebounds, uh, clear cuts to the basket, all that is kind of taken away. So it's kind of a different style of basketball, but um, it was fun and it was a good win we got today. All right, I don't have any hands at the moment. There we go. We'll go back to Matt.
14: He
9: did not throw that one, One more for me, Michael. Uh, I, I know the game just happened. Do you feel like you need to look at the film to know what the problems were with Donovan Mitchell and how he was able to attack? Or do you have first impressions on maybe what the struggle was? For your team defensively versus something. yeah, definitely we definitely got to make
13: some adjustments. You know, he was, he was just having one of those games. Nobody could really guard him today, but uh, you know, we gotta we gotta definitely make adjustments so that 30 points doesn't turn into 57 points. So that's definitely something we got to improve. It. We're gonna go to Sean Keeler. <laughs> check check check. check.
6: Congrats on the win. What what are you gonna remember from this day? Uh, and and just the intensity intensity and the rest of it in terms of getting ready? Were you nervous before the game? Were you were you wondering, you know, you've been so comfortable there in the bubble. Was it any
13: different for you? Well, it definitely was different. It was more intense. Uh, I wasn't nervous. I was just ready to go. Um, you know, some players got to go on for our team. Some players got to go on for theirs. It's a long series. We're going to learn from this one. Um, you know, we pulled it out, but there's a lot of things we can learn from. So we're going to do that and come back game two, hopefully with some new adjustments.
14: All right, I don't have any hands. We're okay, we're gonna go to TJ McBride. Go ahead, TJ. Hey
4: Michael, I was curious if there's anything in particular off the top of your head that you feel like you learned from this game. Was there anything that kind of stood out for you?
13: Um Yeah, I just think in uh, the playoffs is all about defense. So defense, is the, the intensity is way up. Um, so lock, being locked in every possession and uh, really realizing every possession matters. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest
9: difference. There's Michael Porter Jr., 13 points, 5 of 13 shooting. He did have eight rebounds. Uh, let's now let us hear from Monte Morris.
4: Monte, congratulations. Appreciate it.
6: Um, you know, playoff scoring high for you. Uh, How how did that feel to to finish strong the way you guys did, especially in OT uh, and everything that was coming first off?
14: Um, you know, it felt good. I mean, that's a great team over there, a very well-coached team. And we knew going into the series, it's going to be games like that throughout the series. So, um, we just got to come out and um, the same focus and mentality every single game. Coach told us don't get too high or get too low throughout the game and just play our game. So, that's what we do. Next, we're going to go to Kendra Andrews.
5: Hey, Monte. Um. I mean, obviously, this is a very different situation than the playoffs last year with it being in the bubble. So kind of a two-parter question, one, just what was the atmosphere like in there? And then two, was it at it all difficult to switch the mindset from seeding games to playoff games? Because there was such a short turnaround period, and I mean, in terms of your surroundings, nothing changed.
14: Nah, um the nBA um has done a great job down here and Disney. as soon as we walked out there, the atmosphere um changed um as far as you know you knew you were playing a different game than the playing game um it was easy to flip the switch um, and it definitely felt like a playoff atmosphere. Um, So it was easy to, you know, make that adjustment. Um, You know, it would be be great to get back to play in front of fans, but the NBA has done a great job to make it seem as realistic, you know, as possible. we're going to go to TJ McBride. Go
0: ahead, TJ.
4: Hey, Monte, last playoffs, it seemed to eat at you a little bit, the way that you performed despite that there were good games involved in there. Was this the kind of performance that you expected of yourself and was it nice to kind of finally get that out of your system and have this performance?
14: Oh, man, yeah. Um, personally, I, I, I have beat myself up and worked hard, in you know, all season to prepare for, you know, these yeah. moments like this. Um, I feel like last year I was rushing a little bit in the playoffs and not letting it come to me. So um, this one, you know, I've been taking care of my body better, uh, watching more film and studying just so I could be ready whenever my numbers call Um and, yeah, it felt good for me to, you know, see a three go, too, because last year I was, like, 0 for 14 for three in the playoffs. So um, just having confidence and going out there and playing, um, I just give, you know, shout-out to Coach Malone, the coaching staff, and trusting me and, you know, my trainer, uh, Keon for working hard with me in the offseason. All right, we're going to go to Matt Moore. Go ahead, Matt.
9: Monte, uh, in the third quarter, the Jazz kind of turned that game around. And one of the things they did was they really started pushing the pace, getting up and down the floor a lot quicker. Uh, is, is this going to be a series where maybe you guys need to slow it down and stay in control because you're better in that environment?
14: Um, I think we just got to do what the defense uh, gives us because Milan always wants us to play faster than we play. So I think every game gonna be different. Both teams, we got to make adjustments. I'm sure they will make some. And, you know, we can't play game one, go in the game one, thinking it's going to be like game two. So, we want to play faster. But if the Jazz play faster, or slow it down, we got to worry about, you know, what we do on our end. So, going in the game two, we just got to see and fill it out. All right, we're going to go back to Sean Keeler. Go ahead, Sean.
6: Thanks. Hey, Monte, two two things. What did, what did coach say about defense on Mitchell you know your old friend there just going off and doing his Michael Jordan thing and and what did you guys do to kind of adjust to that how are you going to have to keep adjusting to that
14: when he has a game like that Um, You know, just trying to make shots as difficult as possible. You know, we all know Donovan Mitchell, you know, as a superstar, he made some tough shots, man. And uh, you got to take your hat off to him. You know, he was putting the team on his back and we just stayed together, you know. We was trying to force him into tough tools. And if he hit those shots, uh, the coaches, you know, were satisfied. They just didn't want straight line drives to the run, which he got, in, you know, an open three. So we got to definitely make adjustments on that end um, to try to slow him down more in game two and make it more uncomfortable.
9: There's Monte Morris. He had 14 points coming in off the bench in 29 minutes, four assists, and three rebounds as well. The Jazz followed the Nuggets, 135 to 125. They're now down one game to none. Game two will be Wednesday afternoon from the bubble. Tip-off will be at 2 o'clock. Pre-game coverage right here on The Zone will begin at 1 o'clock.
0: There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.